Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor Study. How do you know God exists? There's no evidence God exists. These, all these Old Testament, New Testament stories were made up and written down hundreds of years after the fact. You don't know if they're true, etc., etc. If God is so good, why do we have people starving to death in Africa? These are difficult questions unbelievers ask. If you're an unbeliever, I hope you watch the whole half hour. If you're a believer, I hope you watch the whole half hour because you're going to learn that there are answers to these questions. I want to introduce to you our guest. His name is Reuben David. Hi, Reuben. Nice to meet you. And Reuben is from India. He was born and raised in India as a Christian, where almost no one is a Christian in India. But he is kind of an expert in what's called apologetics, which doesn't mean that we apologize for our faith. What does the word apologetics apologetics mean? simply means giving answers for the questions that people have? Yeah. It comes from the book of Second Peter. Yes, and Peter says. So you, you were a professor at you were a professor yes. at North Central <clears throat> University. Yeah. You have various degrees. Right. So let's just get right into right. all the hard questions. On this half hour, I want to literally play sure. the devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm going to be the devil, okay. and I'm going to ask you all kinds of hard questions and. And so I, I want you to tell me and everybody, what do we say when this stuff comes up? All right, so. Bring it on. Here we go. The Bible. Yeah. You know, the Bible was written over hundreds of years. It got changed yes. so many times. Mm -hmm. Then it landed, and people believe this stuff that could mm -hmm. have got, been changed so much over hundreds of years. What do you say? Yes. At the outset, it looks like, how do you believe in the authority of the Bible when it has gone through so much of change? But that's what the critics say. Is it really changed? Then you have to go back to history and see the authority of the scriptures. And there's enough research to show us that there's a certain, certain authenticity to the scripture that can be traced back to its historicity. So it's not all true no. that there are changes that have and happened in the Bible. People don't understand. Yes. The New Testament was completed by 100 A.D. Yes. That's within about 60, 70 years of Christ's death. Exactly. It, it's not like it was written in 500 A.D. No. Yeah. And there's a lot of eyewitnesses that correspond to the truth. Now, in the Old Testament, it was more... Uh, it was longer because it yes. starts with creation. It gets right. all the way down to the prophets. Definitely. So it was written over a longer period of yes. time. How do you know that didn't get changed and messed up? We go back to the Bible and see for its continuity. We see, we see where it's cohesive in its central message. And to me, the central message, which actually ties up the entire Bible, is the revelation of Jesus from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And how that thread weaves, to me itself, is a majestic a testament to mm -hmm. the fact mm -hmm. that the Bible has a certain continuity that defies logic. Yeah. And it helps me, yes. the stuff they've dug up in Palestine. Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, for instance, tell them about, I mean, you can't say the Bible was written 500 years, New no, Testament was written no. 500 years later, because we have ancient manuscripts that right. go all the way, a few of them, into the first century. Absolutely. You know, I've read Islamic text and, you know, Buddhist text and Hindu text. The manuscript integrity in Christianity with the Bible is all way the, up. With all the old papyri they found. Oh, yes. 
yeah. constantly they're digging into uh, archaeological evidences yeah. that so, points. So if somebody says the Gospel of John was written hundreds of years after Christ, then how can we have a copy of a fragment of it from that's right? Yeah. That's right. So <laughs> there is manuscript integrity. And there's, there's thousands of thousands of them. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell us about the the Dead Sea Scroll, which is Old Testament. Tell us that story. You know, when they found out the Dead Sea Scrolls, they were astonished to the fact how these scrolls contain so many texts that corresponded to everything that we have seen yeah. in the Bible. Right. It's location, yeah. dates, people, yeah. places. Yeah. They all were there. Yeah, and that was, I think it was found in the 1940s. A yes. boy threw a rock into a cave. Something shattered. Right. They found whole copies of and whole books of the Old Testament. Preserved. And they, they, uh, preserved and Isaiah is just like we have just it today. Like it is. And that goes, and don't the Dead Sea Scrolls go back to, is it about 200 B.C.? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. 200 B.C.? I mean, how do you yeah. figure that out? Yeah, that's, that is. All right, so um, the Old Testament, New Testament, how do you know they're true? Uh, tell us about the fulfillment of prophecies. That helps, doesn't it? Definitely. If, yeah. if people were to read <clears throat> the Old Testament and see how Messiah has been prophesied throughout the prophets, and you see its fulfillment in the coming of Jesus, it's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Not only the Old Testament, even in, the, in, in Hindu tradition, they talk about a prophet, they talk about a Messiah who's going to come, mm -hmm. it'll be a lamb that'll be slain. And I say, look, that is in fulfillment in the Bible. Really? If, yes. Oh. You know, in the Hindu world, they have this whole idea about a Messiah coming, a, 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 a holy man coming who will die in this blood, uh, would be a pure, holy blood that will wash. And I've well, gone those prophecies written B.C.? Way back, thousands oh. of years. Oh. And because Hinduism is about 4,000 years old. Yeah. And that is now I can see the fulfillment in Jesus. And to me, the mm -hmm. clear prophecy David writes Psalm 22, yes. 1000 mm. BC, prophesying about a man is going to have his hands and feet pierced, which yes. they didn't even have. Yes. They didn't have crucifixion in 1000 Those BC. Those times, yes. And, and just talking about them casting lots for his garment. Just the New Testament. All of that. Yeah, it, all it, of it, that. It's amazing. And his bones will not break. Yeah. And yeah. All of that. And, you know, I, I shouldn't say it's a prophecy because he's not prophesying, but he's just writing of something. He's writing. And then it becomes uh, fulfilled. A prophecy here, right here. Um, let's try this one. How do you know God exists? What's your evidence for okay. believing in God? Well, that's a very big question. How do I know God exists? And to me, I want to ask the questioner, how do you not know that God doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. Everything in the universe points us to something grand. There is a design behind all of that. There's yeah. intricate designs. Right. And how do you the not... The human body is so intricate. Oh, it's intricate. Yeah. Billions of cells and nerves in our body. And it all just bumped into bumped from nothing? Into existence like that, just like that? Yeah. I was on a plane, mm -hmm. a doctor was sitting next to me, he said, and he found out I was a pastor, uh -huh. he said, I became a, a Christian in med school. Mm -hmm. I said, why? He said, when I saw how intricately designed the mm. human body is, mm. I had to conclude mm. there is a designer to See, this thing. Yes, yeah. yes. And the universe, how, how intricately oh, designed. Oh, stupendous yeah. though. But planets. according to, I guess, an atheist or a evolutionist, it all just kind of bumped into this just complex happened, thing. you know. You know I don't get that. One has to have more faith in that to believe. You than know? to believe in God. Yeah. You know, Francis Bacon, the English essayist, uh, said this. He said, if you know uh, less science, uh, you may end up disbelieving in God. But if you actually know more science, you'll end up believing mm -hmm. in God. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. know Romans was saying actually science points us to God. Okay, so the design of the universe design is an argument. The universe. For, what else is an <coughs> argument? You know, for the Immanuel existence? Kant said these words. Immanuel Kant, the German philosopher, said, Two things keep me in awe and wonder the starry host above and the moral law within. Yeah. There is a moral law within 
that says yes and no, right, right. and wrong. Yeah. And there has to be an unbiased uh, umpire to this. Right. And that moral law speaks for a moral law giver. Yeah. And the moral law giver ought to be one who is beyond us and right. above us to give us a fair and just. Right. I mean, how come almost <coughs> everybody, whether you're a Christian, atheist, Buddhist, believes that adultery is wrong, murder is wrong, stealing is wrong? And, and it's, it's, the answer is? That is the moral law within. And it's not a moral law we came up with. No. we'd come up with that made all those things right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this moral law points to a moral law giver, and that's what I say points to God. All right. So the universe, the complexity universe, of the universe, the moral law. Moral law, and the complexity of your own self. There is complexity within and complexity without. Okay. Both point to that. Yeah. And now if you look at more science these days, especially physics, and they all point to the genius in which the universe has been constructed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't get how people can think it yeah. just bumped from nothing. Right. Even a man like Stephen Hawking, the, yeah. the, the, the living legend of cosmology. I mean, in, in the initial days when he wrote the book, A Brief History of Time, he hinted at the point saying that there could be a God. And if you knew the laws of the universe, we'll read the mind of God. But now I think he's come to another book called The Grand Universe, in which he says we don't need a God. Now, even a man of that stature, other scientists will tell you that 90% of the universe, we don't know anything about it. There's dark matter, dark energy. We have a lot to catch up with. Yeah. And they all point us to this massive, all huge right. mystery. So the next question is, okay, there's a God, but how do you know the Christian God is the right God? Interesting question. Yes, all religions talk about God. In my lectures, I say, superficially, uh, all religions talk about God, heaven, and hell. It's, there's a superficial similarity in all religions, but there's a fundamental contradictions in all religions that mean the way I say God is different from the way a Muslim says God and a Hindu says God. All right. To me, the Christian definition of God makes more sense because in the idea of the Christian God, you see a kind of a relationship that every human heart longs for. I, as a human being, long for relationship. That is built within me. It's inside of me. I, I'm longing. I'm, I'm clinging. I'm wanting something. Now, but I see that found in the Trinity that is present in the Christian concept of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There ought to be a relationship between them, community between them. And so Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in that I see a relationship existing. So in the primary cause of God, there is relationship. Mm -hmm. And the effect of that is me. So my effect is in the cause of God. And my heart that is longing for relationship can be found in that. So that's one element why I would say the Christian God makes more sense. And again, in other religions, they talk about a God who is distant, way up there. You try to please, please him. But to me, that God has made contact with a human being. And so to press it one more time. Yes. So that's your God. But yes. isn't a Buddhist God or the Hindu Muslim God... Aren't they just as valid? How do you know you've got the right Let one? Let me uh, make a, a factual uh, clarification here. Buddhists don't believe in a God. Yeah, Buddhism a, is an atheistic religion. Yeah, yes. people don't know they that. They don't know that. They yeah. think Buddha is God. He never preached about God. He said there is no God. It's just a way of life. It's a way, it's a way of getting rid it's of suffering. Of, exactly. But it's not, they don't have a personal God. They don't have a personal yeah. God. And in Hinduism, they've got thousands. Thousands, millions of gods okay. and goddesses. Okay. And the Hindu idea of God, it swings from one end to the other end. Uh, their end. Uh -huh. One end says there is a God. The other end says, well, this is a non-person. 
personal God. So God is, uh, uh, is defined as force and energy. I mean, how do I make contact with an energy or a force? I, I have feelings, I have mm -hmm. desires, I have mm -hmm. aches that only another being which has all of that can connect with me. Okay. That fails there yeah. to me forming the primary analysis. Yeah. And you know, I want to think of our thought process in the human mind uh -huh. to think that God has less of that. Right. Rather than more of more that. More of that. To, to me, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make, logically doesn't make sense. All right. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. would say, mm -hmm. if your God is so loving and kind, yes. why do we have the six million Jews that were killed in Germany? Yes. Why do we have the Ebola crisis and right. AIDS killing people all over Africa? Right. Why do we have uh, the mess? If God is a loving God, right. what did he do wrong? It's a very, very deep and a complex question. But here's the answer to this question. I can answer this question from a Christian framework. Uh, outside of the Christian framework, people have other ways of answering this question. And that's why most atheists debunk the notion of a loving and a good God. Because if God is good, why is there is evil? But if you were to look through the Christian lens, then you understand well, mankind was made in the image of God. Man sinned against God. Therefore, we are fallen human beings. We still have that limitations in our flesh. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we are going to make mistakes and we have free will. We choose. And until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, again, I'm talking from a Christian perspective. The others may disagree with that. But if you come under the Christian perspective, there's an answer to this question that we are still yet to be fully redeemed in the sense that Jesus will come back and we'll redo everything. Right, right. And you can say that the mess we've got on our hands yes. is not the original intent of God. No. It's what happened after Adam after and Eve the brought fall. the, mus exactly. the mess in. Yes. Now, where it gets complex is that God knew all that was going to happen. You know? Yeah. So that, that's <laughs> a little beyond me. Yes. Um, what do you s I mean, when I was in college, I was uh -huh. a Christian, mm -hmm. but I had huge doubts about God. Right. I read the book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh, Josh McDowell, McDowell yes. where he takes you through the archaeology. Right. He takes you through all the manuscript evidence right. of the Old and New Testament and, and just some of the philosophical arguments for mm -hmm. Christianity. That book really helped me. Hmm. Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. Do you have any books like that that people might want to read that you would recommend? That's a classic. In fact, uh, you mentioned Josh. I was with Josh a year ago oh. in Oklahoma. Okay. They launched the Josh McDowell Institute at uh, the Oklahoma Wesleyan University. <coughs> and I thanked Josh because I used to read his books too in mm -hmm. India. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of books by Norman Geisler. If you mm -hmm. were to Google up his name, you'll -E find. G-E-I-S-L-E-R. Yes, mm -hmm. Norman Geisler. And read all the books written by Ravi Zacharias, uh, go. my good, wonderful Indian uh, yeah apologist who lives here in the US and type in William Lane Craig and a host of books written by these great apologists okay. uh, will definitely help you understand okay. the question. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, let me share this and I think it was John Stott, English yeah, preacher. Yeah, English preacher, yes. Uh, a young man of his church came back from college and said, well, Dr. Stott, I think you should know I don't believe anymore. Uh -huh. And, and why is that? Well, there's no evidence for the Christian faith. And John Stott, who's brilliant, yes. started giving him some of the evidence. But the student kept going, no, no, got to be another way to answer this. No, mm. no, no. Mm. Finally, John Stott said, if I could prove beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt yes. that Jesus rose from the dead, right. would you believe in him? And the student paused and said, probably not. And John Stott said, your problem is not a matter of the intellect. It's right. a matter of the will, yes. the human will. Yes. So my question is this, probably most of the people watching this show who are Christians yeah. 
did not become Christians because <clears throat> somebody argued them into it and showed them all the evidence. Correct. It was just the Holy Spirit through Grandma or, or whatever. Yes. But do you see in mm -hmm. your ministry right. people coming to Christ because they've been shown the evidence? Does that happen much? You know, that's a good question you ask. We can give all the evidence, we can point to all the proof, but the conviction only the Holy Spirit can bring about. Yeah. All that we're doing is we're just clearing the brush yeah. so you can see the face of Jesus yeah. more clearly. Right. That's, right. that's all we're going to do. Yeah. We're just going to give you some answers that helps you yeah. to come to a reasonable understanding that reality exists and Jesus makes more sense. Yeah. But definitely it is true that the conviction in your heart can only come about by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy and Spirit. you know, I've, I've had this experience too as a pastor. There's some people that just have, have some real hard questions, yes. but they really want answers yes. and they're really open. Right, right. And then there are other people that ask questions you could tell no matter what I say, exactly. they're not going to take not this at all. It. Yeah. You know, and, as, and one critic also said, you know, uh, it's, it's not that people don't want to believe in God, but belief in God makes you accountable. They don't like that. Yeah. To, to <laughs> me, that's the main thing. Yes. It's not that God, God doesn't make human sense. No. It's, I don't want to have to... I don't want to be answerable uh, to... I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. No. I don't want to be guilty before no. anybody. So instead of me dealing with my guilt, yes. I just say, okay, God, you don't exist. Christopher uh, Hitchens, the late uh, atheist who died, Yes. his problem with the idea of God was he, he would attack God because he says, I don't like a God who will punish me for my thoughts. He said, that's a hate, that's a, that's a thought crime. I mean, in Christianity believes in thought crime. How, how do I believe in a God who will punish me because of thoughts that I have? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of led him away from the idea of a God, you know. When you, uh, how would you uh, recommend to people watching, let's say they've got an atheist in their office yes. or uh, an, an uncle who's an unbeliever or whatever. Yes. How should they talk to him, relate to him, what's mm. your advice? My advice is this, we as believers in Christ, you know, foremost, we got to pray. Pray that their hearts will be softened. We also know that there's an enemy against our soul who blinds us, who comes against us. The devil. The devil mm -hmm. is there. And so we have to pray and do all you can to exhibit the answers that you're going to give to him in your own life. Okay, you got to live it. Just live it. Be there for it, them. You as, know. As, if somebody says, you know, I've, I've got a brother who's an unbeliever. I've shared the gospel many times with yeah. him. Should I keep sharing the gospel with him? Share your gospel. If you've done it many times, don't worry because you've done your job. Okay. You've communicated. Leave it to God. Sometimes you bite your tongue. That's it. On yeah. the day of judgment, God will ask him. Yeah your uncle or your aunt or yeah. your father or your grandfather, that you had a chance, you, you knew it, but you didn't make a choice. Okay. And you know, just, I, I know my answer to this, but I'm going to ask you. So somebody uh -huh. on their deathbed wants to become a Christian yes. or somebody in your office uh, wants to know what you've got that they don't. Uh -huh. Tell me, if uh -huh. you would, uh -huh. the basic Christian gospel. What do you <clears throat> tell someone so they can be saved? I've been in such moments. I say to them, there is a God. And that God came to us in the form of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for you. He shed his blood for you. If you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for you, shed his blood for you, and rose again for you at this very second, and receive it and believe it, you will have Good. the promise yeah. of an eternal life. That's what I tell them too. And you know, most people think they're getting heaven by being good. And I explain no. that's not true. No. We're all no. sinners. 
Jesus was good. Jesus. He's the only one who never sinned. Absolutely. Therefore, he could pay for our sins. Yes. Yeah. To, to, yes. to me, that's the gospel. Yes, the resurrection and, and, of Jesus. And that's what we have to get to. That's um, right. Is there any evidence mm -hmm. that Jesus rose from the dead? Plenty of evidence. Plenty of evidence. What the would they be? The eyewitnesses who saw the resurrection of Jesus, they have spoken of this. And we have the early accounts. We have the early accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. That is the historical record. And then you come to this other side, that is, Jesus is appearing to thousands and millions of people. That proves again, he's a resurrected what if What if, uh, to be the devil's advocate, well, yeah, that's what your Bible says, but how do you know that happened? People who are from the Hindu background, and from the Muslim background, from the Buddhist background, they all come and share about this revelation. How is it that Muhammad is not appearing in their dreams? Mm -hmm. But yet people in the Muslim countries mm -hmm. tell us that Jesus is yeah. appearing in yeah. their dreams. Yeah. And <laughs> to me, uh, Reuben, here's a big evidence for the resurrection yes. of Christ. Men will die for what they think is true. That's right. But uh, turns out not to be. Nobody dies for what they know they made up. Correct. And we know from early church history, the early apostles, with the yes. exception probably of John, right. were all martyred. Yes. If the apostles, 12 apostles, had gotten together after the crucifixion and right. said, let's make up a story that he rose from the dead. Why would they die for it? Why would they die for it? Exactly. You don't die for what you know you made up. Yes. Yeah. To me, that's a big that's one. That's how deep it is. You're that's right. That's a big one. But it's the one you mentioned is, how come for 2,000 years, all these people claim to have an experience of oh, the risen Jesus, Christ. Jesus, Jesus. Okay, is it mass hallucination? You know, nobody claims to see no. Buddha risen from the dead no. or Muhammad no. risen from the dead. And this is time and again in different settings in the world. Yeah. yeah. So that's so a big that's argument. That's a very big argument. And, and, you know, maybe, though, to be honest, uh -huh. the main reason people believe Jesus rose from the dead uh -huh. is the Holy Spirit within them. Yes. And grandma or dad or somebody right. sharing the gospel. Right. The Holy Spirit said, this is the truth. You know, there's a, there's a saying, the truth bears witness to itself. Yes. There's just something about the truth where, you, I mean, uh, we've got how many, we got a couple. I, I went to India on a mission trip. Right. I was going to go on a tour bus to go see a village. I got on the wrong tour bus. Hmm. They took me to see the blood sacrifices to the Hindu goddess Kali. Yes, yes. It was brutal. Right, it was, right. It was horrible. Hmm. And man, it didn't take a lot to know something's wrong here. Yes. Yeah. But then there's something when you share the gospel, it just witnesses there's something right here. Yes. Yeah. You feel that yeah. within you. Now, you again, to be the devil's advocate. I believe Mormonism is a cult, uh -huh. but they too talk like this. They talk about the burning in their bosom right, and the right. way they know Joseph Smith is true. Just something inside tells them. How do you respond to that? I have had interactions with Mormons, and I was on a plane ride from Minneapolis to Texas sitting next to me was a Mormon, and I was sharing with them. I said, your language is all right. It sounds nice, but where is your language taking you to? To what idea about Jesus it's, is it taking to? Is it yeah. the idea of Jesus that we believe in, that is a deity of God in flesh? Well, that's where we part ways. Mm -hmm. Because you can have the same language, but not yeah, the same truth. That's the problem. The Muslims, not, not the Muslims, the <coughs> Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. the Mormons, Mormons, the New Age people, New Age often, people. they'll tell you, we believe in Jesus. Oh, okay, yeah. What's your definition what's of Jesus? What's your definition? Fully God, fully man, exactly. or a, a nice guru. Yes, you know? the litmus test to me is, do you believe in the deity of Jesus? Yeah. And the Mormons don't believe God is eternal. No, they don't. They, they think he <laughs> became God on another planet. Exactly. And you can become God by, on another. Exactly. You know, it's, that it's should religion. be totally yeah. out that of sync. That should be a, a, out of sync. So if they come to your door, everybody, the verse you bring up from the book of Psalms is, 
from everlasting to everlasting, I am God. I am God. You know, what do you do with that if you're a Mormon? Yeah. How do you reconcile with that truth? Right, right. You know. Um, Reuben, with all the questions you, uh, like if you, you've spoken to universities. And yes, stuff, and colleges um, and places. What are the most common questions you get from unbelievers? Some of the common questions from unbelievers, atheists, secularists, is God doesn't make sense to me anymore. And I ask you, why? Because he disappointed me. Hmm. Hurts. So it's, not, it's not a theology thing, it's, it's a hurt. It's a hurt thing. Yeah, yeah. So most of these atheists are wounded theists. Hmm. They've had a hurt in the past, some disappointment in their lives, some setback in their lives, and the blame is heaped on God. I believed in God, but he gave up on me. He disappointed me. Why? And what do you say to them? I say to them, I understand what you've gone through. We all go through disappointments in life. But if you look pretty deeply within, within your own sphere of experience, God doesn't disappoint us. Maybe we are not clearly understanding what is going on in our lives. I maybe I have to be very honest with you. I may not have all the answers right. to your questions. Right. I'll be honest about that. That's right. I may not have all the answers right. to your questions. But I'll tell you this. When we leave this world, when you give up your final breath, you want to be sure where you're going to spend your eternity. Then you realize on the other side of the curtain, that wasn't worth worrying so much. That wasn't worth going to eternal That wasn't for. going worth going to eternal <laughs> damnation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I faced some disappointments. Yeah, I had this. Yeah. It, it and and my, my thought too, Ruben, is <coughs> when I think of the, the worst things that have happened to me in my life, right. they were from God for my good. Yes. And sometimes it's hard to admit that. Admit but, that. But they were. They were. God. And, uh, yep. Well, listen, we've just got a little bit of time. You know, everybody, I, I'm, we all have unbelievers in our lives, relatives or friends at work or just neighbors or whatever. Let's just take a moment. And mm -hmm. I want to ask you at home to pray. Yes. I'm going to ask Reuben just to pray for <coughs> God to use each of us to be evangelists. Go ahead and pray. If you Father, will. we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for this privilege that you've given to us. Lord, to come to your throne room believing and knowing and appropriating the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ is real, is true, that you are with us. I pray that, Lord, you would soften the hearts of the ones who are hearing this message. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are some who are going through disappointments, are in some form of hurt situation right now, going through some adversity in right life now. Father, I pray that you would comfort them, that you would speak to them, that you, Lord, would bring their hearts mm -hmm. to a place where they can lean on you and believe you that you are a good God and that all things will make sense in Christ Jesus. Yes. Heavenly Father, thank you because you are our great comforter. And Lord, we have all these questions. And as I heard, if Christ is the answer, where are the questions? You are the answer to everything in life. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will become the answer for those who are tuning in, listening in to this program. Lord Jesus, I pray that, Lord, you would draw them to your fold. Mm -hmm. Draw them to your fold. And those of us, Lord Jesus, who have believed in you, strengthen us. Mm -hmm. Strengthen us. Give us more love for you. Mm -hmm. Help us to live out you in our lives. Mm -hmm. To that end, I ask this in Jesus', in Jesus precious name. name. Amen. Amen. Well, Reuben, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being with oh, us. We're going to put Reuben's uh, website on the screen here, uh, truthspeakinternational.org. Uh, we also invite you to uh, watch the closing credits. Our website is pastorstudy.org. You can watch all our TV shows there for free. Uh, if the Lord nudges you to pray for us, please do. If he nudges you to give a gift to keep us on the air, 
please send it in. <laughs> but uh, share Jesus with one person this week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.